1: Podcast. Uh sorry for the delay. We have had a bit of a few technical issues tonight. Um tonight we're joined by Luke from ourselves, obviously, LSC Day Trippers, yeah. Sam from the AFC Podcast AFCB podcast, and Ewan will hopefully be joining us soon from Talking Ballots pod. Um look, it's a big weekend for for Liverpool. It's absolutely it's massive. This this is um, this is huge. And Sam, we'll start. We'll start off with yourself. Um, you fancy your chances tomorrow? We're in horrible. Liverpool are in horrible form. A uh, promoted club usually looks at these ties thinking Shit or burst. You got nothing to lose. And yeah. what's the what's the attitude of the fans coming up? Because I would really be looking at Liverpool at the minute and the problems that Liverpool have, thinking if you're going to be playing Liverpool, now is the time.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a relegation six-pointer, isn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we had the relegation derby last week with Manchester United and now they're, we're looking up at them. We don't like that.
2: Well, look, I mean, it's it could be a good time to play you, but equally it could be a dreadful time because we're expecting a reaction. It's going to come and this is the ideal fixture for you guys to do it. But as far as we're concerned, I think this is this is one of the best opportunities we'll have to get three points at Anfield. Of course, we've had a point before, but look, we're also very realistic as well because whilst whilst it is a, a fixture whereby we might be able to gain something, this isn't how our season is going to be gauged. Our season is going to be gauged on playing the other 14, uh, well, the other 13, sorry. So I think a lot of Bournemouth fans are looking at that. It may be licking their lips a little bit. However, really, we don't expect much from tomorrow, but we're certainly going to give it a good go.
1: Yeah, um, it it might look like that I've gone about 10 years younger and about eight inches shorter at the minute because Gav is on screen instead of Uh, being in the background. But like I said, we've had uh, technical difficulties tonight. Hey, Gav. You all right there? Nice seat? (laughs) And we're back. (laughs) Like I said, it's been one of those mad nights tonight. But, I mean, how have you gaged your summer, Sam? Um, the thing is with Bournemouth, the size of the stadium restricts the spending. So you have to be really creative mm. in the transfer market. And we've seen what Forrest have done. Forest have done absolute madness. In fairness, they've had to. How have Bournemouth gone about their business this summer? And is there signings in there that you're looking at thinking, Wow, this is this is gonna be interesting, or we're gonna have fun with this guy, or are you a bit worried?
2: I'm a bit concerned. I think most Bournemouth fans are fairly pessimistic about our chances this season. It's interesting, really, because when you think about how we were in 2015, we had no fear, had no players that had Premier League experience, and we just went for it. We didn't really have anything to lose. Whereas this time, it feels like we've got everything to lose. We've got a manager that got uh, relegated with Fulham last time, who's going to be thinking, you know, what shouldn't I be doing this time round? We've got players who've got Premier League experience, but they've they've also been relegated with us as well. So I'm just kind of concerned that we might be overthinking it really. But in terms of the players to look forward to, um, our signings have been sh- shrewd and have been very astute really. I think they're more long-term signings, most of them, with an eye to if we did get relegated, which a lot of media pundits have us going down, which is absolutely fair enough, then the longevity in the championship to get us back up. And it's, it's almost building a strong championship club, but also one that might be able to provide us with um, a chance to stay in the Premier League. So one of the key signings is Marcus uh, Tavernier we signed him from Middlesbrough for about 10 million pounds he's a he's he's shown himself to be a great player but really we've only had one out of three games to gauge him on because when you're playing Arsenal at home and Man City away we weren't on the ball much at all therefore it's quite difficult to judge I thought he did alright at Man City one of our standout players also a new centre-back that we signed from Feyenoord as well called Marcus Sanesi as well about 15 million yeah. euros we signed him for we were so short of centre-backs and he was he was some of came out of nowhere really but you know the signs so far are good he's he's still reaching match fitness probably won't be um, available tomorrow but certainly looking forward to seeing him uh, long term strengthen up our defence which is um, yeah which is our weakest spot
1: yeah I mean Sanici's been around for a while he's been knocking around European football and Dutch football for a fair bit so he's one to he'd be interested if, especially if Bournemouth look like they're going to settle into a back three this season hmm He's he's not a bad defender, in fairness. I mean fifteen million is probably all of his money. Yeah. But you know what you're gonna get with him, so it's a good one. Luke, um tomorrow, mate. I mean look, tomorrow's shit or burst for us in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um three PM ki- a three PM kickoff at Anfield, it's and it's away from the glaring eyes of the UK media which isn't yeah. a bad thing. I mean, you've got the 3pm blackout over there. Thankfully, we don't. So, how do you expect us to react to what essentially was a horrific result against Manchester United, irrespective of how Jurgen Klopp wants to dress it up as 70% possession, this, that and the other? It was a horrific result.
0: It a horrific result and horrific performance to match. Uh, I think I think for Saturday I think something's got to change in that team. Um, I don't know whether or not a few senior players need to be dropped. Yeah, again, you think that they need to be dropped, but who's going to replace them? Because the squad is that thin. Because you could probably name name quite a few of those first team players that deserve to not play tomorrow. But then when you look about who's coming in to replace them, you're probably thinking that most of them have got to play again, like Trent, Virgil thought Henderson was poor. Uh, Milner wasn't great, Firmino was non-existent but you can't take all five of them out because you're going to be filling the team with a bunch of kids. So I do expect some sort of response because if you can't get yourselves into gear because we're meant to be challenging for the league this year, any more drop points and you can kiss goodbye any chance of, of challenging for that league title this year. So... Yeah, big performance needed. I would take a scrappy 2-1, 2-1 win. I'll take a Bournemouth own goal right at the end of the win. I don't care how we get the win. I just
1: need a yeah. win this season. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Ewan, how are you? you've had a week from heaven. Matt, the guards are smiling on, on St James's at the minute.
3: I, uh, but... I said, didn't I? I said, if we set up right, there's a chance. And we did. We yeah. set up right. I mean, I know... Anyhow, that's, that's it. That's just it. He just sets up. He knows what he's doing. And I'm just a bit gutted that you couldn't finish the job on Monday. To be honest, and make a bit more of a, a race out of it because I genuinely thought you were going to steamroll them, and it just didn't work out that way, did it? So,
1: but for this game tomorrow, as uh, the neutral head in the in the audience at the minute, um, Bournemouth coming up to Anfield are going to look at this and think that. They have every chance if they get if they can stay tight and stay solid, and stay compact, stay in shape, man for man, defend properly. We can be got at, you know. We can be got at on on the counter. Is that how you see Bournemouth setting it up tomorrow?
3: Definitely. Um, I mean, when I look at what Nunes did and his stupidity, he would have been perfect for a game like this because if a team's camped in the box defending crosses off two of the best crosses in world football. The type of player you want on the end of it is Nunes. And he's gone and really let himself down and put you in a predicament where you're now going to have to break him down in a different type of way. Not that you're incapable of doing that, but I do feel like you've got a big job on your hands because, like you say, there's pressure. It's not on telly, probably benefits you. Um, It's a 3pm. It's one that the fans will be up for and you need it. You really need it. I mean, to think how bad Man United have been, it worries me that, from, from an outsider's point of view that Liverpool are currently below them in the league. I don't think it'll stay like that for long. I really don't. Um, I just feel like you need that little bit more impetus. When I look at Carvalho, every time he comes on he seems to have that, that enthusiasm. He, want, he wants to get on the ball. He's not afraid to take it in tight spaces. He actually created the goal for Salah. I know he got the shot off and it was a bit fortunate the way it kind of deflected Salah headed it, but he, he was unlucky against Fulham. He could have scored against Fulham. I feel like players like him are the type of lads you probably need in for that little bit of youthful exuberance. Um, I think Bournemouth have got a really good chance at the way Palace set up against you and the way Zaha stayed really high and almost became like the only man to stay high. And if Bournemouth can get a runner like Zavernia, I'm quite local to Middlesbrough, so I, I seek and hear quite a lot of their opinions. And they rave about him. They loved him. Um, and their, their two great like, best players were Isaiah Jones, and Marcus Tavernier. Um, if someone like him can drive at the, at the defence, at Liverpool's defence on the break, there's a chance. Solanke going back to his own cl- old club. It's there. I just, I just feel like you'll have too much for them personally. I think it could be like a three-one, something like that. I do, I do think you've got too much quality for them.
1: And Sam, um, what are your? What would be your lineup to? for tomorrow. And is there any, I mean, D- Dominic Slanke hasn't trained till today or did, or mm. late this week. Is it likely that Dom would be off the bench if he's available at all?
2: Uh, yeah, I expect so. I think he'd be on the bench. If 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 we're in the game with about 20 minutes to go, I wouldn't be surprised if he was brought on. But with a huge match on Wednesday, I think he will probably be saved for then. And it's a shame because we miss that explosive pace. I mean, Kiefer Moore's great at holding the ball up and stuff, but he doesn't really run into the channels. And we sort of, as soon as we've got the ball, it's recycled and it's, you know, then it's with the opposition. That's the shame with Dom Solanke. There's better hold up play, and he's like a false nine, really. Really good on the ball, knows where the goal is as well. And, um, we he is a big miss for us. But if you're going to miss three games, I don't think it's a bad thing that it's Man City, Arsenal, and Liverpool. So, um, yeah, pro- probably won't see him tomorrow. But in terms of our formation, I mean, we were we were four at the back, um, last season. We're going three at the back with the two wing-backs now, so effectively it's five at the back with, uh, with the way that teams press us, but um, it'll be Mark Travers in goal. He's brilliant, by the way. He's yeah, absolutely it, superb.
1: It is, uh, one, one thing, actually, on Mark Travers, because we have a three-way fight for the Republic of Ireland for our goal yeah. with uh, and they're all uh, in the Basu- Premier League. They're all in the Premier League now, whereas before they weren't. You know, Creven Kelleher, Basunu, mm. and Travers. How has he adapted to life in the Premier League at Bournemouth? Because in fairness, he's gonna be a busy bee this, you know, he's he's gonna be a busy boy this season. Um, mm. I like him a lot to be fair. how is he with the ball at his feet? How is he uh, commanding his box? And is he yeah. vocal? What what kind of keeper have you got there?
2: Yeah, he's he's very good with his feet actually. I mean when he when he started out with us, he he got thrust into the uh limelight a little bit when Aaron Ramsdale was injured for a game or two and he had to play uh, Watford at home. I think it was, we lost three nil and he made a bit of a blooper in that one, but Ramsdale reclaimed the shirt. I think he was out through injury or something, but when we were relegated uh, from the premier league, we had Asmir Begovic for a bit, but then last season he was a constant. He played throughout and he was brilliant. It really developed. And it, it was interesting. A lot of Bournemouth fans were saying, well, he hasn't, I mean, yes, he has played a Premier League match where he was brilliant against Spurs, by the way. We won 1-0, but he hasn't really played that much. Maybe we should send him out on loan for some experience. And we were going to get Freddie Woodman in on loan, but that that transpired not to happen. Uh, therefore, he had to be used. And Scott Parker didn't have the resources to be calling on, you know, all sorts of goalkeepers. So we had to use him, but he took his opportunity really well. He commands his box uh he is very vocal plays out with his feet really well his saves are unbelievable it's weird when we have a penalty against us i, I wouldn't say i feel confident but i do feel good knowing that it's mark Travers in goal uh because it we've had penalty shootouts before like against forest green rovers i know that they're like uh, second tier or whatever it was but he saved three in a row and he saved penalties since then as well and he's he, honestly he's 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 really athletic, and um, I wouldn't change him for the world. We've got we've got Barcelona's number two keeper yeah, on our bench at the I moment, was. Neto, and you know he won't get in. Mark Travis is absolutely superb.
1: Brilliant. Another one I want Stasi. Obviously, Dom Solanke, is taking his chance at Bournemouth. Eventually, you know, he really kicked on last season. It's harsh on him because when we got him, he was too young. It was too much, too young, and. What was what we needed him to be was what Divock Origi was, and to kick on, it wasn't. It just wasn't his time. Uh, We thought we were getting really great money by selling him off Mm. to Bournemouth. As it turns out, in today's market, that's looking like a very good bit of business on your Mm. end. No, I mean Mm. I think we should have definitely used the loan system, like Chelsea do, to our advantage at the time, but it is what it is. He's, he's, he was brilliant for you guys last season, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, scored uh, 29 in the league, one of the cup as well. So yeah, like 30 goals and he's, he's really developed his game. I mean, you know, under Eddie Howe, I mean, I know that Ewan was talking about Eddie Howe and Bournemouth fans still love him so much. He's, he's like the ex-girlfriend that you just can't quite <laughs> stop thinking about. And, you know, then you see him being tagged on Facebook, friend of a friend or something, and then you start feeling oh, emotional no. again. What a guy, what a guy. And that's going to be yeah. really weird when we go up to Newcastle, i got to say, but you know, anyhow, used him sparingly um, because, you know, Callum Wilson, like always had the shirt and the formation that we played at the time didn't really lend to having two of them. Scott Parker sort of develops his game a little bit. He's more of a false nine and he does so much work off the ball as well. He's not just a person that stands up there and, you know, heads them in and puts them in. He, um he works hard for his goals. He's, he's, he's really good. And I would say he, he's last season, he, he, he felt more complete than what Callum Wilson did when we had him in the championship. So if that bodes well in the Premier League, then who knows he's, Without him, we wouldn't have gone up, and without him, we'd go down. We'd hundred percent go down. We might go down anyway, but having Dom Sylanci is going to be a big, you know, wow. a big, big chance for us to stay up.
1: Uh, I just wanted to finish off actually by asking you about David Brooks. Uh, mm. What's the news on David Brooks at the minute? Um, explain it for those in the chat who might not be aware. I'm pretty sure everyone in the chat does. Mm. But what happened? Where is he now? And what's going on for the future with David Brooks?
2: Yeah, so uh last last year it was, I think, now or the start of this year, it's um the club announced that he uh, well he announced on his on his personal Instagram that he uh he had a type of cancer called Hodgkin lymphoma. Um and there have been a couple of players that have had this before, including like Sol Bamber, I think, had it as well. And it, you know, it took him ages to recover. But that put him out of action, obviously. he he started the season for us fairly well actually um he hasn't been the same player for quite a while but he scored a goal at Nottingham Forest and um you know was integral to how we thought the season would pan out but then this news came about so huge outpouring of love from the AFC Bournemouth fans and you know slowly but surely he's made his recovery and um it was only a a couple of months ago where it was revealed he was cancer-free which is absolutely superb um so we actually record our preview shows and stuff on our channel in a, in a local pub. And, uh, we actually saw him in there only like a month and a half ago. Well, (laughs) exactly. And he, and we sort of said, you know, like, what's the time scale? He said, well, I am hoping to make the world cup. So, I mean, if he does, that'd be brilliant. He's, He's training again. Um, of course, he's um, he's a Welsh international. Uh, I suspect Bournemouth fans might see him in about a month or so, maybe on the bench, which would be great. But he's also signed a long term contract with the club as well, keeping him at the uh, Vitality Stadium till June twenty twenty six as well. So he's absolutely pivotal for us. He's got he's got a style that's not um, not all that different to Anthony Gordon, actually. Uh, you know, for Everton. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Uh, but you know. A slightly dam, so better end cheaper. product.
1: slightly <laughs> yeah. better end product. I'd imagine. I'll like be honest. And I sh- think he does. I think the one thing about David Brooks that I always like because I remember when we launched um, when Harry Wilson went there, mm. and so we, I saw we. I just watched a lot of Bournemouth back then when when he was there, and I thought this Brooks is tasty, you know. Yeah, you he know, mm. he has a trick. He's got a good ball. He's he's good on the ball. He's lively, and. I mean to see that happen to someone so young at mm. is horrific at any time. But the hope, I mean, the whole I, for a Welshman, a Welshman for a Welsh international, I hope he, I hope he gets his dream. I hope he gets to go to the World Cup. And mm. the advantage with Faisal Bro at the moment is that if he can make the bench and he can make an impression, he can get some kind of match sharpness, match fitness. Yeah, he'll give himself the best chance. That's all you can offer. But Andy, I ask you for a prediction and see how you get on. See, see, see what you think. How you, how you think it'll go?
2: <laughs> right,
1: honestly, know. Uh, yeah, sure, you know no, what? I, honest, honest is days, As honest as because-
2: You know what? I, I think that for, you know, for Liverpool fans, I think that you know, any win will do and I've got a feeling that that's possibly how it will come um I think I I think you'll win it I'm not silly enough to say anything else really I, I think it could be maybe 2-0 or 2-1 but I, I'm gonna go for 2-1 be optimistic that we'll score a goal at Anfield so there we go I'll go with that
1: score first uh, everyone
2: else I, is oh uh, yeah <laughs> it me. you know the problem is like Last time we played at Anfield, that was the pre-COVID game, and we did score first. It was it yeah. was very early on, and that's the worst thing that we could possibly do. If we want to take the lead, it it needs to be in like the 70th minute or something, because we can probably hold on for about 20 minutes max, but no, but no more than that. So yeah, I think yeah, we'll score first, but I think Liverpool will just be too strong. Right.
1: Luke, what do you reckon? Two one. would you think... what, what would be your lineup for tomorrow?
0: Um I'll go Allison, Trent, Gomez, Van Dyke Simakas, Fabinho, Henderson, double pivot, and Elliot Carvalho, Diaz, Salah, up front.
1: That's pretty much exactly how I would go. But it's
0: not paid won't. 4-2-3-1 since December 2018. Yeah, we won't.
1: So I I think it'll be that person. I think it'll be the same personnel, but I think it'll be in a 4-3-3 and a... I, w- I want to see Mo through the middle. I want to see Harvey on the right wing. Yeah. And I want to see Elliott, Or Sorry, Harvey on the right wing. And I want to see Carvalho in that left-sided central midfield role, making runs and trying to link up and get beyond the um, the whoever's playing up front. Uh, yeah. If he can link up with Mo, try to create havoc. In the games he's played, he's made chances. He's given himself opportunities to score. And like Ewan was saying... It, I think once it falls for this kid, anything can happen. I mean, Andy, you'd have seen a fair bit of him when he when he was in the championship last year. It's like he's one of these kids, isn't he? There's, there's a few kids knocking about in the game at the minute, and he's kind of like edge of your seat stuff, where he can do he can do things. Oh no, we're we're back. We're still here.
0: No, still.
1: No, no, it's okay. Listen, Andy, uh, I just wanted to thank you for your time. Uh, Andy has a long trip ahead of him tomorrow morning. <laughs> if you want to explain to everyone where where they can find you and what your plans are for tomorrow, and because it's actually really good, it's really interesting what you guys do.
2: You've been confusing me because you've been calling me Andy for the last sorry, time. It's Sam. Sam. It's my fault. It's <laughs> Sam,
1: my fault. It's okay. It's I, my was
2: fault. W- I was so waiting. I'm so no, no, don't I'm worry. So sorry, I, it's twenty four. I do, I do that so many times. It's, it's unreal. I look like an Andy, actually. So uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. sorry so, about that. Perhaps that could be my weekend name. Um, but yeah. Um, so our podcast is called Back of the Net. Uh, it's uh, been a pod since two thousand and sixteen. We sort of morphed onto YouTube in two thousand and nineteen, uh, and yeah, we just you know charts the cherries uh with previews and match day vlogs and podcasts and you know reviews and all sorts of stuff like that so it's been been really good the odd like feature here and there as well so uh yeah it should be uh really interesting the next feature that um that we've got the next kind of main like sort of info feature that we've got includes um, a tribute as such to Eddie Howe, of course, because I think we have to given the uh, Newcastle game, but also um, why Bournemouth fans hate Ryan Fraser. And there is good reason for it as well. So you can check (laughs) that out. I can completely
3: understand that. I will check that out. I've heard (laughs) a lot of things on that one.
1: Legendary romance already. But you're doing doing a video log for the game tomorrow, yeah, on the trip up, what the the Anfield experience is like from the away fans' point of view.
2: Yeah, that's right. So we.
1: On your YouTube channel?
2: Yeah, that'll go on YouTube. We've got um, Sunday morning, first thing, we'll have a match day vlog. And then also in the week, we also uh, have a have an away day experience review. So we've got a sort of tier list over the course of the season and rate each club based on pre-match experience, the stadium, the view, the food, the concourse, the facilities, what the away fans are like, if they're friendly, if they're horrible, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. then we put them on the list and then we'll compare it at the end of the season and see um, see how, how you do compared to the others. So it should be, should be interesting. <laughs>
1: well listen I hope you enjoy your day tomorrow I hope it goes well I hope the trip is a good one stay off from Devon it's a long old drive out there um, yeah. obviously uh, I'd hope you don't go home too disappointed but <laughs> I hope you go home with no
2: points yeah. let's be
1: real cheers but listen Sam thanks very much for coming on I'm really sorry about getting your name wrong my bad
2: no but worries thanks at for all. coming no on
1: I really appreciate it and we'll talk to you again soon
2: cool thank you very much right. Ta-da. Safe trip away. cheers thank you safe trip
1: Okay. Um, the next game we wanted to touch on was Wolves Newcastle. You win. Yeah. How are you? Uh, I mean, you guys have had a hell of a week, haven't you? Really? You know, signing Isak. <sighs> how how has it gone down up there with the fans? Say that again, sorry, Kev. How has it gone down with the fans? Because to be honest, this I've guy's this, a serious player. It it's a measure of what that game
3: on Sunday did for us. I think. I think Isaac wasn't necessary. From what I gather, we were in at the start of summer, he wanted extreme money and so did Dad. We've seen Wilson go off with another injury, which is just so typical for him. I I genuinely believe he is England quality. Um, He just can't seem to stay fit. His fast twitch fibres just don't seem to like intense sprints. If he could stay in the box all game and we just pepper the box, he he would get like three or four chances and probably got to score a couple of game. It's just, he can't see my last 90 minutes. So we had to act. And we haven't, I know Joe Pedro was mentioned and I genuinely would have been very happy with that because he looks a very good footballer. But for me, Izak was number one. I know there was rumours of Nunes, but I don't really think that was ever realistic and I don't necessarily think he fits our system. Izak can play across the front of the three. He's very young. He's that kind of right age where if Wilson was to start phasing out, he can start coming into the team and when you hear what people have said who've dealt with him when he was 15 scoring I think it was 16 goals in 30 games for his his hometown team and then he moved and then he got the move to Dortmund and then he went on loan did very well at Sauciedad in his first season got 17 and 30 which was brilliant for like a 19, 20 year old kid playing in the Europa League and then last season he had a dip but to be fair at his age I think that's to be expected I just can't quite believe that after this whole fifty million budget for this summer, we've gone and spent one hundred and ten million. It's it's clearly games. It's it's brinkmanship. It's it's playing our cards close to our chest, not letting people know what we've got to spend because otherwise it would be a real Newcastle tax, which is a real thing. It really is yeah. a real thing. Renan Lodi was linked at the start of the summer. Now he's gone on the Forest for four million euros. It's just a joke. Honestly, yeah, no. yeah. Wow. So it sounds like it, we were quoting 40 million euros. They're now getting him on loan. It do, People see us coming. And I think someone like Dan Ashworth has definitely put the brakes on and said, hold on, this isn't happening. And Darren Eels is obviously someone who's built a club up from the bottom up in Atlanta and knows how to bro- uh, broker deals. So I'm really pleased with where we're at, especially after that game. It was brilliant. I mean, being behind the tripier free kick. If you watch on the teleamp, you can see me. <laughs> and we we we've had four Kieran Trippier free kicks at Newcastle now, and he scored three of them. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal ratio. And I've seen some brilliant free kick takers. And it, you just had a feeling, and when it hit that side netting, oh my, my brother! His, te- my
1: his, mate, his technique my is his technique is right up there, isn't it? it it's yeah. right up there. He's just got he gets that, and he, you see you've seen it for England. He gets that whip on the ball, and yeah. I just think he's the bi- the business that Newcastle have done is so smart. It's been so it's it's been so Look at the grid. Look, look at, at the grid on my face. Yeah, it's been so well orchestrated and you can tell that there's plans in place to move the club forward. But I I mean, Chris, welcome to the show. How are you? How was the holiday? I'm, sorry, I,
4: I'm good, I'm Andy.
1: Andy, hi Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, don't start for God's sake. Oh, well, mate, I'm, looking, I, I, I'm looking at the screen I, I, here, and I'm not seeing I, any names.
4: I've it's been like... watched the last five minutes, and I've been howling. Girl, I've got away for a couple of weeks, and you can't remember anyone's name. Mate, I got look. Answer the damn question. <laughs> Holiday was good. Um, Did it was yeah. supposed It was the Palace game because that was shite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, well, becoming a, it's becoming a theme.
1: Newcastle United. Man City last week. What did you make of it? I was... It was the first time for a non-Liverpool game that I was literally edge of my seat, wishing, wishing a side on. And... It I to honestly freak. thought, for the first time, a side has gone after City and took the game to them. And we've been begging sides to do this. Both sides Yeah. I mean, the only
4: other side that I've seen do that to City is Palace. Palace have done it against City for the last two years. They actually have a go at them. Because... Rodri's brilliant, and he is brilliant, but he allows the other lads in the midfield to cheat a little bit to play higher up, which is why City have like it feels like ten men up front. It's horrific, uh, but when you get behind them with no with Laporte not being there, Diaz must be carrying Knox. I'm surprised he wasn't starting. Um, Ake and Stones aren't the quickest. Stones, especially against pace, is liable to dive in, and Saint Max just Adam on toast. You know that's that's. If that was trend, we'd be seeing compilation after compilation after compilation of, of him getting ripped by Saint Max. He ter- you know, Walker's a good defender. He turned Walker inside out, you know, and that's the frustration you may have said this a few times with Saint Max. I like him because he's a bit of a maverick, but he's never consistent enough for me. Whereas in that game, nearly every trick there was an output, whether it was a clever pass, it was a clever cross, and when he when it all clicks together, he's a nightmare, and I mean that a, as a positive, you know. It's just You just don't want to deal with him. But we have seen the other games where he has been, does all that, and it doesn't come off, which, look, that sometimes has the frustration of a winger, but if he keeps that sort of level up, you know, Newcastle going to be even more difficult to play against. And, look, the lad they've just had Isaac just really good. But Yumi said this, uh, probably Newcastle really got the takeover was, do they do the mistake City did, which was go on by all the big names, Robinho's, you know, or do sure. we do what City did yeah, or do we do what City did two, three years later, which is buy very good players under twenty five who you can start to build a team around. So if they, and you either sell them on to build the next thing, or you build a team around, you know, City did it with Kevin De Bruyne, where they bought him at twenty two. He's there. You know, you've it with they've got uh Grimesh, I can never answer Grimesh sentiment. Bruno Yeah, Grimesh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You know, could play for probably most most sides. Right age bracket, he's, he's, not, he's not looking for a quick, pay, a quick payday because he's at that age where, you know, he may, perhaps when he saw him for Newcastle, said, this is my stepping zone to Real Madrid. But if Newcastle keep developing, he might go, I'll help I out. I'll get good money and we'll be competing. So, look, uh, but uh, the, key, the key thing for them was getting the guy from Brighton as the uh, director of football. Oh, and sure. Yeah, I mean, Brighton, to be fair, have sort of carried on. Just making really good business, but that—that's the sensible thing to do. Is get somebody with a plan. So,
1: yeah. Luke um, Wolverhampton Wanderers have their own maverick in Adama Triore. and for all of his flaws and all of his negative connotations that go with him, he played in the week, and apparently he was brilliant. His goal. Was yeah,
0: I saw his goal on Twitter. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah, I won't see that was, for a few Apparently, in game, he was really good. And he's the kind of player I think I watched Wolves last week and it was the same Wolves. They're really good up until to until he a gets point. to the final third. And it's like, oh, we don't know what to do. You know, Not and like I mean, how how do you see how Wolves can? Because I got a thing with Newcastle, and I'll, t- I'll talk about it later. But how do you think Wolves can get at Newcastle, can hurt them? Because Newcastle are very solid, they're a difficult side to, to score against. Contrary to what Man City showed last week,
0: yeah, it it will be interesting because when Wolves played against Spurs, they played with with a I don't know who they played up front. I think it was switching between Podence, Neto, um, Guedes, and Gredez. they had Jimenez on the bench. So to play Newcastle, I would imagine that Jimenez will play up front because because the false nine against Spurs didn't really work at all. So I think I think the way that Wolves are probably going to get anything out of it will be through set pieces. I just, mm. just like they are struggling for goals; like, they are lacking for goals. Everything, defence, midfield, great. When it goes to striking up front, lacking, heavily lacking. Because um, I don't think Jimenez has really recovered since he had his skull injury, and um, Huang last season was good, not great. He went on a little purple patch didn't really do much. And then Triore spent the last half of the season out at Barcelona. So whether or not he can regain that form he did a couple of years ago, then I think I can only see Newcastle uh, winning this game because Wolves are fairly toothless at the moment.
1: Ewan, um, you guys got two games back-to-back in really quick succession. You know, uh, you play, I think this game's on Sunday. You're playing us Tuesday mm-hmm. night. How do you think Newcastle approach those two games as a pair? Do they concentrate and just play your normal first 11? Does he mix it up, mix it up? Or how do you think they'll approach it from that point of view? Uh, from my point of view, I would prioritize the Wolves game.
3: Eddie Howe I just can't see doing that. He's just not that type of bloke to roll over. I think he'll have a plan probably to hit Wolves quite hard in terms of intensity, a bit like we did City, because Wolves are there to be got at. I feel like the back four, back five thing that I spoke about last week, I still don't think they're quite there in terms of how they settle. Um, if you looked at what we, you know what I mentioned the press last week and if we press at the right times? Yeah. Eddie Howe always seems to identify a player who's weaker, not necessarily like terrible, just weaker. And you'll notice every time City went to play, they played three balls that would play from the centre half to Rodri to Walker as an inside centre midfielder. And we didn't press Rodri, we pressed Walker and we got so much joy out of doing it. I feel like Eddie Howe will find some sort of weakness. He'll probably try and get Joe Linton to, to get on top of someone along the lines of uh, Neves because he dictates the play from deep and hopefully get Bruno to try and match Nunez because Nunez is a brilliant player. I think he'll probably try and get the win there and then go to Liverpool and think, right, Maybe we'll try and utilise Maxi in the same way we did against City and try and hit you on the break. Because if you look at what Zahar did, that's kind of what Maxi's capable of if he's at his best. Mm. So for me, I think Wolves has got to be the priority for us because they're the team in and around us. But I do think he'll have, he'll have two complete different setups. And I think also he might start Wood against Wolves and then put Isaac in against Liverpool.
1: Keep In your powder world, dry yeah. on the keep your powder dry on the ladder because we'll get there. Don't worry. Yeah,
4: yeah. Okay. <laughs> so,
1: um, yeah, I, be- I believe I believe we've got to go for wolves and
3: probably try and look at being more pragmatic against Liverpool.
1: Okay, Chris, um, how do you see this one going? Is it a case that's because I I honestly think Newcastle have to target a European finish this season. I think with the money they've invested and I think they're no better or worse than where West Ham were last year. And West Ham were very much in the shake-up for top six for a long, long time. And I don't see why Newcastle can't achieve that, at least. These are the type of games they have to be getting three points from. Them.
4: Yeah, I think for Newcastle, if they're going to get top six or... Is it top, sorry, it's top seven, isn't it? for Top seven. Account? Top yeah. seven. Um, I think the sign of eyes, Isaac gives them more of a chance because Callum Wilson's a really good striker but as Ewan's already said he can't can't stay fit I mean I think the poor lad had two ACLs tears at Bournemouth so it's just unfortunate. he's he's one of those players that it just he can't quite stay fit he probably should play Liverpool to be fair because he'll he'll fit in perfectly (laughs) Um, but if you're going into it still looking at Chris Wood Chris Wood's a a good pro but he's not he's not the level I don't think that Newcastle need to get into Europe Isaac if if he settles Gives them that something. It, gives, it certainly gives Newcastle more of a fear factor because you look, you know, you look at what you've got there, and then also to us, it takes the pressure off Callum Wilson because you don't have to rush your back. All
1: right. There's that, a you know, quote there. Out. I would just, I just want to get to this a second oh, it's from Lennon. Lan- like um, Klopp on Liverpool's pursuit of a midfielder. I know we have had discussions since it all started, and I am the one who said we don't need a midfielder, and you're right all, all along. I was wrong. Okay. Yeah,
4: yeah that is true.
0: Yeah,
1: David okay.
4: Lynch, Uh David Lynch and Dave Maddox are all tweet nights all come out at half ten. So yeah,
1: so, so that's from the embargoed section today.
4: Yeah, but it's a there's
0: a long way that to go That Sounds wrong. sarcastic I, to when it goes, Oh, you're wrong. No, not I I'm know, wrong, but you're
4: right. I, ha- I haven't seen I haven't seen the um I haven't seen the actual thing uh, the clip yet, but they're all sort of painting in a similar line that he says, now we go for a, I've seen a few quotes like going, now we go for a midfielder. So, look, some will say, uh, look, Kev, you may have done enough of these post-match shows in the past. Enough have said, we should have done those earlier, which, you know. Yeah,
0: because I'm with the thing, anyone we go for is a panic. It's going to look
1: like a panic. It's going to look like a panic. It depends who it is. I mean, look. Uh, Let me just come to Luke a sec then, because to me, Luke, if uh, a man who's never changed his mind has never changed anything. And when circumstances change, then you have to adapt to the circumstances that you're in. I firmly believe that we have, he has looked at the squad, looked at where we are now compared to where we were after the Man City game. And so, hang, hang on. We have to do something here. How do you see this playing out? we just run through this one quickly, okay?
0: I don't know, because I'm 50-50, because that quote sounds very sarcastic. Very it sarcastic.
4: Sound, it does sound but, sarcastic, um, but I think the fact it's David Lynch now who's tweeting yeah. it, and a few of the others, uh, I can put it, let, let, let's get involved in the media yeah. transfer bollocks, Married if you around, know what I mean. yeah. so, yeah. yeah, I think Did we
0: do get a midfielder. Um, I know people are upset that we went in for Paquetta. Biketa. Paquetta's not the profile we need. It's a box to box midfielder with energy and legs, and that's who I think we'll target. Any talk of Yuri Tielemans, no thanks. We'll be complaining that he doesn't have an engine. So I just uh, don't what know if do. I'll take anyone that's a number eight that's got legs.
1: Hey, give me a name, Luke, quickly.
0: Um,. Caicedo from Brighton. He's made the most tackles so far this season in midfield. Um we are missing some bite in midfield.
1: Interesting shout. Interesting shout. Chris, have you got a name that you want to throw in the mix? I haven't got a name, but I t- I messaged you earlier said
4: and i I was just being, it's being mischievous or anything else, but I've joked saying this is gonna be like the January transfer window a couple of years, uh, a couple of years ago. You know, we we tried to sign three centre centre-backs on the last day. Keep like, on <laughs> Yeah, some. I'll try to work out who's good with the new Kabak. <laughs> oh,
1: <no, laughs> Don't you? Yeah. What you and you and you you watch the market as well as anyone else. Um, yeah, also, should we be got... shopping at Leicester? For I mean, your your mate on your on your podcast, uh, we'll Jack be. would be uh, yeah. climbing the walls, but at the same time, I what's what's the impression you're getting on Yuri Tillemans and what he could offer? I, I
3: think Tielemans you've got to bear in mind, Luke, and I, I know what you mean about the engine. He plays so many games. I think he played something like forty six games last season. So you know when like you need someone who's going to be fit a lot, he's fit a yeah. lot and he's good in possession. So I know he may not have the engine, but if you can set up to play certain teams where he doesn't have to be he is he is relatively box to box, but he's not he's not he doesn't make an impact in terms of his pace and strength. He, he to be
2: honest, on
0: a, um Tiago not replacement yeah. cover, but someone that can fill in, in when you're inevitably injured. That's where he no, seems no. to fit in for me. You, the
4: interesting the player. Of, oh, sorry. oh, sorry, sorry, sorry
3: you, you go ahead. Sorry, no go on, you go. Um, so the the player that I I know Newcastle were linked to earlier in the summer, and someone I've been a little bit aware of for a little while is I don't know how you pronounce it. It's either Sukic or Susic oh Susic
1: Chef from Salzburg yeah. so
3: he was available from Salzburg for around 20 million euros at the start of summer and then there was a lot of interest and they bumped that price they just hyped the price I know Klopp's got ties to like the German type type system the Austrian yeah, type system the way they like to play
0: around.
3: and I He's left-footed, but he's someone who's box-to-box, but he's very good in the final third as well. He gets goals, he gets assists, he cuts defences open. He's a big, powerful lad. I reckon he's the heir to, like, Jurakicic and Modric in Croatia's Sammy. national team. Yeah. He's, mm. he's someone who... Who is relatively well priced. So, you're not talking ridiculous money for someone like Barella at 60, 70 million. You're not talking Bellingham, who probably will stay an extra year. You're talking someone who's there for the long term, who comes in for good money, who can gradually bed in, but also fit in with
0: your current midfielders and play one or Plus two. Plus, we'll win quite the Champions well. League if you've got him in the squad, because we need a Croatian to win it.
4: <laughs> All right. And Should we bring Fakir back? Should we try that, Should we try that
1: no, one again? That, work- that no works. Way, well. no. Should we go for that We're- one again? <laughs> what happened to that deal? It's, I know, it went, it went well, didn't it? <laughs> it? It kind of vanished, didn't it? Oh, IP vanished. So brilliant. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you may as well give away all of your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. IP Vanish VPN makes it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you Safely browse the internet, encrypting one hundred percent of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPvanish makes you virtually invisible. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computer, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. So three PM tomorrow will be handy. Wherever, whether you're at home or out in public, I don't go online anymore without IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan to our listeners with 30 day money back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for. Luke, and everything you buy. Take your <laughs> privacy back today. The brand is rated 4.6 out of 5 for Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers. That's ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers and claim your 70% savings today. Well done, Kevin. Uh, Luke, you've got to while,
4: do that one next hour. Yeah, while we're at it. Uh, do you want me to do the other one or do you, do
1: you want to go for no, it? No, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. I'm all good. Uh, okay. How well do you take care of your car if you keep if you had to keep the same car your entire life? That's how your brain works. Uh, so, how would we treat? How would you treat that in any different way? How we care for our minds affects the ex- how we experience life. So, it's important to invest time and care in keeping them healthy. There's plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning new languages, taking power naps, which I'm good at. Also, BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp Online Therapy. uh, A lot of us know someone who needs, at certain stages of life, who could do with someone to talk to. And for all of our joking and stuff that we do on the podcast, and we do, we all like to have a laugh and a joke. At certain times in your life, it's it's nice to be able to sit down and have an honest conversation with someone. It's great if you can do that face-to-face, Sometimes it's better to do that with someone you don't know. And this BetterHelp offer an online therapy that offers video, phone, even live live chat therapy sessions. You don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get a 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash daytrippers that's betterhelp h-e-l-p pcom com slash daytrippers and guys we always joke about with stuff that um, with football and it's a game we love it we're really passionate about it but when it comes to mental health it's something that a lot of people don't take it seriously if you hurt your back you'll phone your GP and you'll go to a chiropractor if you're not feeling yourself mentally, pick up the phone, make a phone call, talk to someone. It's always worth it's always worth that than some of the alternatives. All right. Any road, back to the fun stuff. That's the bills paid. <laughs> That's the bills paid <laughs> for today. <laughs> now, Ewan, you saw Man City first hand. Uh, we've already seen Crystal Palace 1st end. They're meeting tomorrow. Um we'll start off with yourself, Luke. Er, yeah, we'll start off with Luke this time. Um, no Zaha for Palace. How much oh. of a hurt is that?
0: I think that's going to be a massive, massive downside for Palace because every time Palace have got a result at a City, it's usually through Wolf with Zaha on, on the counter-attack. So, so it'll be very interesting to see how they're going to set up. And plus, this time around, no Conor Gallagher, which I think made a massive um, impact at the Yeti had with his, with his energy just to get up and down the pitch. So I think it's going to be not having Gallagher or, or Zaha is going to be a massive um, minus for Palace. But I, I don't know. i just got a feeling that Palace might be able to even like nick a draw. Because I know City picked up. A, a couple of injuries at the new camp for that charity game. I think Ake might be out. Calvin Phillips picked up something and then a couple of other youngsters. So it, it it's going to be a tight game. I, I'd i expect City to have nine, like 80% of, of the ball and it's going to be up to Palace for when they get very limited amount of possession is to really make it count on the counter. So, it's going to be a difficult game for Palace, but I'm just hoping that they're going to pull out something. Just put, uh, just pull out a nil-nil or a one-one.
1: I'll take any sort of positive result for Palace at this moment <laughs> I'll be honest. I liked, I like watching Palace and how they go about their business. Ewan. Um, they're one of these sides that know how to to master the counter attack and play to their strengths really well. And you guys took advantage of that. And pressed in the right areas and attacked City in numbers when the time was right. I think Palace are very capable of doing that as well. What about you? What about yourself? What do you think? Um, the, the the key
3: man for me at the weekend has to be Eze. The way he carries the ball, the way he drives um, Palace up the pitch, he's. Just, I think he's different class. I think he's a top six player in the making. I think he could play for a team in Europe. He's just had a really bad injury and obviously he's he's now returned from that and it looks like he's getting his rhythm back. He's going to be vitally important in the same way Joe Linton was for us. So Joe Linton can hold people off, like drift past people and just give it to someone dangerous, like an Elise. I know Zaha's not playing, but Elise is dangerous. Um, if, if he is the alternative, he's not a bad alternative. Um, he's just a little bit more inconsistent, I would say. Uh, the other player who I think is... Really important for the, how Palace are going to play is Anderson. Anderson's a very progressive passer. We have Botman and Shah. Shah's our kind of. He breaks teams down in terms of the way he looks for passes forward. And Botman can do the same, but at the minute he's like the big guy who's meant to deal with the forwards. Gay needs to do a job on Haaland, which is a big ask because he's about six and inches I just tall. Need Anderson to get him sent off. And, and Anderson has to lead from from. Well, in the in the same way you've just said there, Luke, but also more the fact that he needs to be able to find passes into midfield and break the lines. If you can break Man City's lines and get him behind that like they've got like a five that press at once. Yeah. And then they've got like a three behind, which is the fullbacks and Rodri. If you can break the lines, you will you will punish them. It's just about taking your chances. And we managed to do that. Um, even the free kick, if you look at how Maxi's broke, he's broke across their defence and stones didn't have to pass him on to Diaz. Diaz didn't know if he needed to go and Stones had to make the foul. If they can get Eze doing something similar and running at the defence, I think they are there for the take and I really do. I just think because City had it last week, I think Pep's probably going to think, right, we don't let that happen again. And he may try something slightly different. He may almost not sit off, but think, right, we're not going to allow that space in behind for someone like Zaha to do what they did to Liverpool. So
4: he could maybe make more than one sub and the game would also help him.
1: Yeah, Chris, I was going yeah, to I ask, you, ask you about Palace and how Paddy Vieira will set up. Similar to Newcastle or similar to how they played us. They, they they took 5 points from 6 last season and the personnel at Palace really haven't changed drastically. You know, mm. so they they could go to yeah, the with a with a fair bit of confidence that they yeah, know
4: how to I, play these. Hopefully he doesn't play Are you? I think they need to play go on, Kevin. I I always his name.
1: Michael right. Elisa.
4: No, no, uh begins for them. Eze. Um
1: Matete. Oh,
4: the I striker. Think, yeah. Yeah. I think you play him up against Stones.
1: I think that's play. where you get a bit
4: I think I think you get a bit of joy because I, I like him. I think he's a really good uh striker. I just think he's awkward. I think he's awkward as well, he's physical, he's quick. I think that's what they need to do, which will sort of half alleviate some of the loss of Zaha, because uh, he didn't start. Uh, he didn't start the game against He Came on. Uh, he's, he's a he's a good player. Uh, the the key for City is trying to keep, trying to keep the ball away from Bernardo Silva, which is very difficult because he was the spot, re- he was, say
1: actually, he, if you give me his, Pep. What got really prickly today when in his press conference when he was asked about uh, Bernardo. And uh, it to me, it looks like Bernardo Silva wants out. He wants away. He's wanted. You know, otherwise, conflicting
0: reports about him. There's conflicting yeah. reports. It's like Pep said he's not going, and then there's reports saying that he's agreed
4: personal terms with PSG according to the quip. So it's a bit of a yeah. catch twenty two. who's telling telling. The I think David Olsen said they've turned seventy million pound down for him. So yeah, yeah. I see why. Look. Why wouldn't Pep you not said there,
1: there,
4: there was no offer. So, so yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, but it is what it is. So there is always that little bit of unrest about ourselves, but I don't think that matters too much. The one that surprised me was I was very surprised when it went 3-3. I look, I actually thought City will win when it goes to 3-3 because when they come back, they normally do. I just don't, couldn't believe they didn't bring Mara's up. Well. I just think he's still their best wide player. Um, He, he just yeah. gives them a directness. He's great from a free kick. You know, his crossing's brilliant. You know, I still think their best 11... Is ha- ha- Haaland with Mares and Foden either side of them. I still think that's the scariest front three that you'd face if City said they're playing their best three. So that's a little surprise, but I mean that may help them this week is perhaps quite a few good lads who didn't play against Newcastle will start against Palace just to give them a little bit of freshness. And looking you know, with you know, I-, I wonder is this the game where they throw Alves in and give ha- give Haaland a break? Because at some point you've got you know, you've got to blood Alves in because we know Harland has a history of picking up niggles. That's just he has done. So, and also Alvarez might suit them better because he's a more mobile striker, which might cause Anderson a bit more issues because he's not having to mark a physical striker, which I think actually he prefers. So
1: that'd be an interesting shout, actually. Yeah,
4: Back I'm there. hoping. I'm hoping for a one-one, but it's very rare City do two poor results in the rogue, So it, pr- it probably will be like a three-one City, but you know,
1: mm. you live in hope. Yeah, one thing. Uh, just I forgot, and uh, it's my fault. Um, N- Luke, Newcastle Wolves sp- uh, predict the scoreline. Um, I'll go two 0 Newcastle. Uh, Ewan, what are you hoping for?
3: I'm not quite as confident as you, Luke. I think you're you're giving us a lot of praise. I, there's a lot of draws between us. Um, oh, I think is- we've got <laughs> though I think I think I think two one. I think two one. I'll
0: look like an idiot if it's like a nil-nil draw. (laughs) I think out of the
3: last 12 12 games between us, I think they've won one, we've won one, and we've drawn the rest. Something mad like that. So it's... But there again, Eddie Howe, you know, setting up properly, knowing what he's doing. Yeah, I think maybe 2-1. I'd be delighted with 2-1.
4: Absolutely delighted.
2: Yeah.
3: And
4: Chris?
1: 1-0.
4: 1-0 probably the last five minutes to Newcastle.
1: Right, uh Luke, Man City Palace, uh scoreline. How oh, do you see this one way? One one. You that's wish. hope That's hope, right there. Fair enough. Ewan. I'm gonna go two 0 More realistic just, Chris. Just, just, that's a is. Answer. I think it'd be
4: three I think it'd be uh, I think it'd be three one city to be honest.
1: As much as yeah, I would love a right. one one, I think it will be three one city. I could. I think this game could be three or four, uh, or five. It could be anything. It all depends on the start. If, 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 pa- if Palace can can give something, give City to worry about early, make them rethink how they how they're attacking in the first twenty minutes. Anything could happen. You never know. But I the, think the City will thing, probably have too much.
4: Uh, the big thing Newcastle did last week, which not enough teams do, is no one. City score one, they get the second quite quickly and it kills the game. Newcastle kept it at 1-0 for a good 20 minutes just to create a little bit of doubt. And that's always probably been the small Achilles heel of Liverpool and City is, you know, they, they like to get a 2-0 lead early because then they can control the game a bit more. They don't, the longer it stays at 1-0, there is always that little bit of panic that appears. So there's a, there is a, it's not really a blueprint, there is a way of getting a poison City. It's just... It's just
1: not very easy because <laughs> they're very well, good. I, I've kind of messed up the order. So um, Gav, is been, Gav, been- Gav is going to have a go at me after. But before we get to Liverpool-Newcastle, which is going to be the Tuesday night game, uh, normally we look we do the four games from the weekend. But with the way this week has fallen, I think it's silly not to talk about Liverpool-Newcastle. Uh, one thing as well, details on how to join our Telegram app are in the YouTube community section page. If you're not in it, please get involved. It's great crack. It is absolutely brilliant crack, especially in match days, transfers, all gossip, just general people who are normally in the chat here will be in the telegram group and it's free. It's easy to, it's easy to get into. And it's a really nice community to get involved in. There's no drama. There's no hysterics, you know, hysterics in there. It's just 100-odd people having good chat with each other, and it's all good natured. So please do get involved in that. But the fantasy football, um, Gavin, will throw it up there in a sec. One of our regulars on the chat is absolutely flying it. Megan McCallion is in the top 10. I think Megan is up in fourth at the minute in our um, fantasy football league and putting the rest of us to shame completely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's Megan at 214 points. Absolutely flying it. James Edmonds out on 227 is just, doing really we should, well. Do you
4: think we should get, on, should we should get Megan on 222? I definitely think up. we should get Megan as our, as our fancy, an,
1: fancy analyst. We'll, we'll sack Luke. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> <We'll> sack <laughs> me at them, and then mine is absolute garbage yeah, compared to what we made, um, But we made what what Luke Megan's the analyst. Story. Luke's the analyst for a fancy football. <laughs> <laughs> you know i play the game. It's because, it's, better, it's because you're better than me, and Kev. It's still early days with the fantasy football, and the one good thing at the minute, the league is still really tight. There's going to be lots of changes, and in fairness, I think you look at the league and the people who are probably taking this really seriously. They've hiked out the Liverpool players that were in their side because they're expensive and they're not returning points, you know, and they've and they've made smart changes. So no Owen. It's not a, it's a donut. Hmm. But no, look, I just think it's it's early days yet, but you can get your last substitution in. I don't know, I don't think the cutoff isn't until tomorrow, two hours before, two or three hours before kickoff. But yeah, Megan is in the chat there. Early days going well so far. Absolutely is Megan. Fair play to go. But the top mm. ten players of last week will be of no surprise to no one really. Gavel throw the list up there in a second and Odegaard up front at 16 points. Saliba's having a blinding season. Harrison, Rodrigo for Leeds. Leeds beat Chelsea. It wasn't even a, the way they beat Chelsea last year. It was an absolute drubbing of Chelsea last no,
0: year. I might have to eat some humble pie about Leeds because you know, I thought they were going to yeah, struggle
1: this I, season. I didn't. I honestly I just, I, I'm quite comfortable in the fact that Leeds are going to be okay this year. Bernardo yeah. Silva say Max on 13 points. Wolf Saha has got to be a miss. No doubt Wolf saha has got to be a miss. Shea Adams, he's another one. He could be on the move. There's a couple of clubs sniffing around him. It's all Leeds well, my, with, we're interested yeah. in more interested in. I times. think Leeds could be interested. But with Mope going to Everton, that's one off the list. Even Perisic. Talking about left field eh? and to Everton,
4: I don't know. Yeah, it was well,
0: like to like Nottingham
4: Forest. Yeah, right? there was like no talk oh, about it. Then it was always like, he's at Everton. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah perfect fit. I have got,
1: yeah. got, got McAllister bringing up the rear, but they're your top 10 players for last week. So ideas for uh, substitutes to maybe drop into your side for this I've weekend. Got,
4: I think I've got two of them. So go. I've got zero. Yeah. you Mine and how's your really fantasy football gotta... looking
3: Well, I said this last week, so apologies for repeating myself, but my best mate and my brother both play. And when I'm at St. James's Park and someone scores and they've got them in their team, we're all like, oh. And then I'll get a nudge and I'll go, he's on my fantasy team though. And I'm like, shut up, not right now. (laughs) Not now. So, Carl, I hate you for it. I love you, but I hate you for it. Um, but, yeah, they, I know all about fantasy football because they never shut up about it. Um, I know he's got Mount in his team and he's trying to stick with him, but he's he's, he's I know he's going to get cold feet and take him out because he was convinced that he was a great option. And my brother put Rashford in and I was rinsing him. I was like, what are you doing? And then Monday night, I was a bit like, oh, ignore me. <laughs> so that's why I don't play, Chris.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we're all in that, but... We're all in that boat. We're all great pundits, right up until the point where we got to put our pen to paper and uh, put a team together. It's not as easy as what it thinks, especially. It's not as easy as what Megan makes it look. Anyway, Megan is flying it, but
2: it's a shame. The last game,
1: teams, I think, isn't it? Because uh, then you look an idiot even more when people go, "Oh, look at his team this week." I think you've got to be very strategic in how you build your teams when you look at the fixtures for the first four or five games. You've got to plan it out really well and plan your substitutions as well. So, I just don't. It's interesting. I
4: don't have have the patience for it. After all, I get bored. I go, "Oh, I can't be bothered." That looks on. I end end up going like, "That looks all right." (laughs) It's great. it's it's a nice surprise every week when you, realize you've got more than twenty points. It's great. (laughs)
1: Well, all (laughs) in next next week, we've got a full midweek calendar, and this is the start Mm of. For me, this is. This weekend is the real start to the season. Um, because this is just, this is where it goes to two games a week. If you're involved in Europe, it's going to be two games a week from now for foreseeable. You've got an international break coming as well. Uh, after that, international break, there's an international break coming up as well before the World Cup. So this is where squads are going to be severely tested and our squad is going to be absolutely massively tested now. We're going into tomorrow's game with Bournemouth with 14 fit outfield players, and that's not going to change. I don't think in any way, shape, or form going into the Newcastle game as well. But look, we'll we'll have plenty of shows over the weekend and into next week about from our perspective of how we think this game is going to go. But Ewan, Isaac, if he doesn't be if he's not involved on. Tuesday, or sorry, on Sunday, will almost certainly be involved in Tuesday. His last game, I actually watched him last weekend. Watch watched Sociedad against Barcelona. And mm-hmm. scoreline aside, that game was 1-1 for a long time. And Barcelona mm-hmm. just ran it out in the end. He was lively and busy and awkward and a handful. And how do you, I mean, you touched on him earlier. I think you've got an absolute worldy, potential worldy striker here. You know? It's it, it's really interesting you say that, you know, because
3: the reason I took such a keen eye was because I'd heard Liverpool were interested after the Euros. Um, I know he was mentioned because he's quite interchangeable in terms of the front three. And I think that's a big bonus for Wilson as well, because Wilson, I don't think it's a matter of either or. I think if both are fit in our current squad, they both play. Um, Matt... My reservations, and I say reservations, it's not necessarily reservations, it's my, it's me dampening my expectations, is because when you look at his goals, not last season, but the season before, he scored tons. He got so many goals for a 20, 21-year-old 20 lad, and there's all, I think there's only Haaland, and I can't remember who else it is, there's somebody else who who are under 23 and got more goals than him um, at happen. that age. I don't, th- do you know what? I don't know if it was because he's now over the category of 23. It's before he was when he was 23, but there's only one other. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. I'll try and remember. So I think, in terms of ability, there's no doubt. I just don't want us to be almost expecting the world from him yet. You'll notice with Eddie Howe, he didn't put Bruno in for four games, he didn't put Botman in on the first week. He likes to bed them in gradually so i can see him almost protecting him a little bit and giving him 20 minutes and getting him chomping at the bit ready to go in the hope that when he does come on he feels a little bit more comfortable and he's not like rabbit in the headlights because from what i gather he's a very very relaxed reserved character he's not he's not like zlatan in that you know i am zlatan look at me check me out i'm the man he's he's very he's very humble he's from um a very like modest background he's not someone who's going to come in and demand that everyone's at his level or anything like that. I think we need to bed him in gradually. Um, if you look at his, his um, goals last season, he actually underperformed his XG by about five or six goals. Now, I know a lot of people might not know what that means, but in terms of numbers, I think he got six or seven and is, he was expected to get about 13. But for whatever reason, he didn't hit the back of the net last last season. I'm hoping it was a bit of a fluke. But in terms of his potential, it's sky high. He's 22-year-old. And if we can get him playing for us for six, seven years, we've maybe just bought our Aguero, that long-term player who could potentially play for us for a long time and grow with us. So when the wage structure increases, he increases. When we buy players in, he's still the man. So I've got I've got high hopes for him. I just don't want to be like, oh, look at us, we've just splurged 60 million quid, because I know football isn't realistic like that. And when you look at our signings, Dan Byrne for 13 million is arguably being one of the best signings. Trippier at twelve. Bruno at 35 the for, the, for the price. Yeah, Pope, sorry. Yeah, God, I forgot about Pope as well. They they are unbelievable value for money. And the last thing I want to do, and I know this is a Liverpool podcast, so no, no, I know no, you'll no. all be delighted when I say this, but Everton wasted so much money. I was embarrassed when they spent 45 on Sigurdsson and forty, nearly 40 on Iwobi and Ridiculous on Walcott. I never ever looked at those players and thought, well, they're going to get better. They were it's just funny, at, they were at their level then. It's funny though. So isn't it? we've got oh, it's hilarious. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> They're the Scouse Mackems. We call them the Scouts Mackems. I've heard that, before, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. heard that. We've heard that phrase before. <laughs>
1: because honestly,
3: they are so bitter and twisted. And I'm sorry if there's any Everton fans, but the grief, I just don't understand. I've got to but, make that. Um, i an Everton fan. Yeah. yeah, apologies, apologies. I'm not trying to talk no, about no, 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 not because it's not what I like to do. But <laughs> I do feel like we are buying sensibly. I think if you look at our strategy and you look at the players we're going in for, we've, we've got a value. If you value in more, then good luck getting that. But we'll come and get him a season later then. A bit like what you do at Liverpool. I think it's a brilliant strategy.
1: Luke, um, Alexander Rizak is, I think, an excellent signing. But how do you feel going into this one with bearing in mind we're not gonna have the ability to change too much. So we're Klopp at this start at this point of the season generally starts his rotations. You know, he yeah. first two, three games of the season he'll go as strong as possible, get the points on the board. Then when the games start coming to a week, you'll start seeing three and four changes on virtually every match squad. You know, be it one at the back, one in midfield, one up front. He'll do three at least, sometimes four. He doesn't have that luxury now. Um, Newcastle are going to be a problem for us on Tuesday night, are not they? Oh, yeah, they're going to be a massive problem. Because I can imagine that their
0: midfield is probably going to be better than our midfield on the night. And the way that they did well against City was pressing that midfield. And if there's a midfield of Henderson, Fabinho and Milner against Joe Linton, Gimeraish and Willock... Yeah, it could be in for a long evening. So, yeah, that's probably Newcastle's engine room up against our engine room. Is it's not looking so, good. Which
4: I wonder why is if we do a formation switch and just yeah, do a two. Of, uh, do
0: a two. I
1: was going to ask you about that. Cabinio I was going to ask a, you about that, Chris. Yeah, do you just think do two,
4: um, just do a two and then play you, four, play a more fluid front four? Do you think? That's do you
1: honestly right. think that's a realistic possibility?
4: It's a possibility. I don't think he'll do it. Because his interest to come for the United game was, uh, I had to rotate. So I've got four fit midfielders, and he goes, "Couldn't you? Couldn't you play different?" Formage? He goes, "I could do," but I've already got three fit forwards. Which I just thought mm, he, he could do it. The problem is at the moment is if he does that a two and a four, literally the only person you got to come off the bench is probably Firmino, and then the centre mid misses out, which is hardly inspirational. But the other hope you have got to hope for the Newcastle game is maybe by then we might have got somebody in.
0: Is
1: that <laughs> Yeah, apparently. Isak like is available. With
0: the Frankie De Jong
1: saga. Well, you know, Isaac is, avi- is available tomorrow, isn't he? Because he was registered in yeah. time. Yeah. So, yeah. for us yeah. to have a new player bedded in, or sorry, into the club, he'd have to be registered by midday Monday. I
3: think so. Ch- Tuesday, because the game's Wednesday, I think.
1: The game's Wednesday. Is it oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I, I thought, so, you've got a
4: little bit more time, in fact, to be fair. So, yeah, uh, the other thing is, um, what <laughs> did sort of hint that were a few players starting to come back into training, like Dixon and Jones? I think, massive and Jones back in training. So, you never know, depending what the injury, because I think with the Jones, one, it was a more of a preventative injury, is in like they spotted something early. So, maybe you could have someone like a Jones, even as a bench option, yeah. Which, <laughs> to refer to Jones, Jones did quite well when he, when he played away at Newcastle. Um, so, again, just it's a bit of the Eiffel so I think we've just got to kind of grit and get through these two games. Um, I think this will be the more difficult game out of the two. Um, I think Liverpool will probably... I think Liverpool win both games, but I think they're both going to be like tight 2-1s. You know, both sort of games. They're going to be horrible. Mm. I generally think they're going to be horrible, so watch. I, you know, I, I don't think you. I have a got of air left after them, but you know that's how, kind of how it feels. No,
1: that's fair enough, Luke. What, how, what are you hoping for, expecting the uh, result wise for Tuesday well, from night? the game? Yeah,
0: I'll take a one 0 just like we did at Saint James's Park back end of the season. I'll take a one 0 uh,
1: Take a seen,
0: Hold on, I've just seen
4: I've just seen Jack's comments, Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jake. Jake is very clever. Apparently, mm-hmm. I no. I honestly thought the game was Tuesday night, but. Apparently, I'd be doing a post match reaction to Shamrock Rovers on Tuesday night. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris is doing it on his own on Wednesday.
4: Oh, you don't want to do a show me on me uh, Sam
1: good. Tandy's actually made a really good point there. Uh, Liverpool play better when we play every three or four days. He yeah, is right. That's when the squad's um, bigger, not when it's No, even. But, I, I, we, do like I think, a, we do like a rhythm. Yeah, but I honestly think the players get bored when they're going in, they're playing once a week. They're going in training for four or five days. They get bored, and if they're playing two, you know, two games a week, you're not on the training pitch as much. You you might be doing little bits, you know, but it's mainly going to be warm down sessions. It's 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 going to be more about match fitness through playing games. You know, this slow and poor start to the season might stand us in good stead, good going into the season that. You know, we're not entitled to three points against Bournemouth tomorrow. We're not entitled to three points against Newcastle. The player's gonna have to work for every single point that's going going this season and no one's gonna give it to you. But you and on on Wednesday night, it's got all the games are televised, they're all on BT sport through the week. But if you're to give your score predictions and what you're hoping for out of Newcastle coming to Anfield, given the start Uh, that you've had. and how you're, how you're yeah.
3: playing at the minute? Yeah, it's it's one of those, and I think Eddie Howe was very, very. He was so spot on when he said it's a measure. It's it's a measure of how we how where we're at, how we're doing, the way we're playing. Are we able to implement it against the bigger teams, the more complete teams? Because there's less weaknesses. Clearly, we did that at City. Um, we were at home though. I mean, our atmosphere at the minute is is just. Oh, it's Allegra. unbelievable! It's amazing to be a part of, and where. It's, it's one of them where if the ref gives a, gives a bad decision, it might not even be bad, but it might get the crowd going. We we almost pulled them over the line. I don't know if you saw when Bruno chased down the line on a yellow card and I was like, do not dive in, do not dive in. And he made the tackle and he got up and he celebrated as if he'd just scored the winner. That's the type of like fight we've got now. So I would love us to just compete and be in the game until later on because the last time we played you at home, admittedly we didn't have some of the players we have now, but you, you could have won much more comfortably at Saint James's. It, it wasn't a one 0 game, in my opinion. We, we were on a very good run, and it, you, you turned up and almost like killed us. Really, you, you didn't. You didn't need to get out of third, fourth gear. And Diaz was unbelievable. Um, I, I rate him so highly. So for me, I just want to be in the game. I want to cause you problems. I'd actually look at maybe targeting Van Dijk as well because there's something about him this season that just—I don't think he's—I don't think he's all of a sudden dropped, but he didn't commit on Zaha. He gave the penalty away against Mitrovic. He didn't there's close a, the a shot down against.
0: Going around that he's saving himself for the World Cup because he knows that this is going to be his last first and last think, World I, Cup.
4: I, I don't so think there's a weird be... conspiracy which I don't really buy into. Yeah, I don't think players could do. I I just think he's hit bad form, Unfortunately, at the wrong time. <laughs> I think he's fair. fatigued and
0: I, I just think he's fatigued after his acl injury because as soon as he had his acl he was back playing played like over 50 games
4: and i just think he
0: had,
4: he, had, he, had, he had one of the longest summers out of over because he literally played one game for holland and then bit and then that was it then so he had to go 3 4 weeks off compared to um, which most of the players haven't had so i don't think, I, I think it's nothing more than he's in bad form Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. not only is he in bad form so is Henson, So is Fabinho, So is so is every everyone. I think apart from probably Carvalho. Yeah, listen,
1: <laughs> I think confidence plays a massive part in yeah. in how we play. Yeah, and trusting the trusting the guy next year to make the press and to trust him to be able to go and everyone to go at the same time is huge. And if that trust or isn't there through form or whatever, any reason it doesn't matter what it is, how slight. It throws everything off and you can get exposed. It's going to be a cracking night. It's going to be an absolute I think, belter of a night. I think what, what, what you did very well,
3: which I don't think you managed against Palace, but I think will be more slick, is when we played at St James's. I think you caught us offside something like 11 or 12 times. Your back line was unbelievable in terms of its structure. And if we did get in behind, Alisson was there. I remember Chris Wood got through and Alisson smothered him. Um, and yeah. it just feels like that cohesion maybe hasn't quite been there. And it's a little bit of ring mm-hmm. rust. I think if you get that right, us trying to play on the break, which inevitably we will if we do play Isaac, if we do play Almiron, if we do play um, Maxi, that'll be where we try and like, get at you. And I, I I can't see you being that poor again. So for me, I just want to be in the game. I want to compete. I want to make sure Bruno does what he's best at. I want Joe Linton to be at his, like, his fighting best. And I, and I hope Willock turns up and, and tries to get at your defence if we do manage to break. But I do think head. I'll say it again. Head. I think it's probably a three one to you. Heart maybe a one one if we manage to get the strategy right and we turn up on the day and everything goes our way. But I do I do think it is it is a Liverpool win waiting to happen right. to be honest. Well,
1: look in fairness, we need we need six points out of these next two games to this, to just kickstart our season. Um, mm. I think people don't I, it'll be tomorrow's atmosphere is going to be really huge you know it's going to be really huge to see what the 3pm match day going fans feel about how things are because they'll let it be known if they're not happy and it's up to the it's up to the players to get them off their seats and to get them going and that's all we can yeah. hope for tomorrow but listen on that note we'll knock it on the head we've kept you until nearly half past 11 and uh, I just wanted to thank Sam for earlier on for coming on, and for Luke, for Ewan, and for Chris. Ewan, Don't where can him. everyone see you? Don't forget, Andy. Uh, talk.
3: <laughs> Don't forget, Andy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Talking Ballocks podcast. Um, we're on Spotify and we're also on YouTube. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll start getting more guests on from other. Um, channels a bit like yourselves because the interaction is great and it's really nice to get a point of view from from outside. I try my best to see as many clubs as I can and, and understand what the workings, but it's much better to hear from you. And uh, I love being on; it's brilliant. It really does right. feel like I'm 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 able to to talk to real football people, and it's nice. <laughs> it's not just people saying throwaway comments and YouTubers who don't know what they're talking about. And so when when I listen to you, you, you all speak sense, and it's it's a pleasure. So thank you for having me. Really right. do.
1: Absolutely, our pleasure. Luke, Luke, if anyone hasn't seen your (laughs) watch along from last week, is it up on your channel?
0: Uh, It's up on um, Callum's channel, the Sanderson show, for our watch along for the UFC.
1: If you haven't seen it, go and watch the reaction for the Leon Edwards KO of Usman from Luke. It is priceless. It's well worth worth your time. He's floating but, around on Twitter as well. He's oh, definitely yeah, floating around on Twitter. Uh, Chris, thanks for coming on so late, and what? I guess we'll, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for a post match.
4: Yeah, you beat post match. What could go
1: wrong, eh, mate? Oh, fuck, <laughs>
4: I'm not able.
1: I'm not able for. I'm not able for another negative. Badge, oh, I just want three points. I'm desperate for three points. If we don't have three oh, points tomorrow, I ain't doing them. No more, I ain't coming. I ain't playing. Yeah, yeah.
4: If it's bad, we'll, we'll, you'll, we'll, get we'll about, you'll get if them. You'll get. If it's bad, we'll talk about the cricket or something. We'll find something else to talk
1: about. Well, fairness—that's a, a bit deep. We'll talk okay, it. We'll chat F one. Yay! Yeah. you chat <laughs> F one. I'll chat cricket. We'll see how it goes. Eh? All right. <laughs> Listen. Thanks to everyone in the chat for all your comments. Uh, um, one final note, actually. Uh, Bobby's wish to walk. It's the link is in the description. Uh, you guys in the chat obviously know the story and know how it's going. Uh, if you can donate, please do. If you can share, that'd be fantastic because the share costs absolutely nothing. But there's something I've seen on Twitter tonight, and it's a, a Twitter account called We Are Liverpool. Uh, it's a, at We Are Liverpool, but their website is We Are and they've kindly done not they're kindly going to donate twenty percent of all sales. From their products on their website to Bobby's wish to walk. So, and if, if you go onto their website, it's we are we are liverpool.ie, and have a look through their stuff. Some some of their merchandise. So it's brilliant. Some of it, but twenty percent of all sales will go towards Bobby. I thought it was a great, great, a great idea. Uh, big props to them for doing it. Okay. But on that note, I just want to say thank you again to everyone and good night. Thanks guys take care
3: Sports Social Podcast Network